Okay, I want to talk about narcissism and power and control. And this is especially important when you work in a company. And it's also very important in relationships. Power and control are the two things that narcissists will do anything to have. Anything. And I'm talking about people that are at, like narcissists can be wealthy executive types, or they can be very poor, you know, even homeless types of people. But the dynamic is the same in narcissists. They want power and control. And when you see this and understand this, you'll be able to navigate a little bit easier in business or in relationships. Because, you know, status and rank is very important to these people. And they will place themselves in a superior position, regardless of how much money they make, regardless of what their position is in a company, and they make others inferior. Let me give you an example. I had an employee that reported to me, and this is going back several years ago. My title was director. I was the director of the, of the company. I ran the entire office at this company. I had a private office with a window overlooking Central Park. That was my office. I was paid accordingly. But I had an employee, this is an example of a narcissist. I had an employee that when I was traveling, she would move her entire office into another private office that was a that was exactly like mine she reported to me she was not a director she did not have employees reporting to her her title was manager but she did this in a very covert way she moved her entire computer she moved her office supplies in this private office and she took over this private office while I was out of town. This is what I'm talking about about in terms of, you know, power and control. She had the audacity to do this. And she did it more than once. And, you know, the first time I, you know, told her, "Look, look, this is not this office is not for you." You've not been promoted. In fact, these private offices, the ones that were left over, were for the executives. But she knew that. She knew that. But this is, again, the behavior of a narcissist. She didn't stop. Nor did she even care. And so I reached a point where I had to aggressively say to her, and I stood over her and I said, you need to pack up your office right now. Move back to your assigned seating now. And I stood there. And just the, the, superior, the superiority that she felt that she was entitled to 
She didn't earn that office. She didn't earn, she never had the title. And, but the thing is, when you call narcissists out, there's always revenge. There's revenge. And I, and I didn't know this then. And that's what's tricky when you're dealing with a narcissist, when you call them out or you knock them off their own pedestal because they put themselves on this pedestal. She put herself and her, her fat ego, and that's what it is, it's a big fat ego, she thought she earned that office, but she didn't. And when you knock them back down and put them in their place, they act like a child. They start crying and they start acting like a toddler, which is basically what they are. They're a stunted toddler. You know, and I realized in that moment that I'm dealing with a toddler. This is ridiculous. This is not a professional. I'm dealing with a baby. I'm dealing with a two or three year old. But again, they see the world and themselves in terms of status and ranking, and they feel that they're superior to everyone and and others and others are inferior so you know this is how she sees herself the ego and I remember when we had a meeting this was the collection that she was in charge of she was a manager so she was in, in charge of a collection and we had a meeting scheduled at, I think it was six o'clock, and it was for her collection, and it was to talk about her products. And I remember, like, I was getting, I was in the, going to be in the meeting too, but I remember I, I got up to go get, like, a coffee or something, and I just happened to run into her. And she had her bag on her shoulder, and she was putting her sunglasses on the top of her head. And I said to her, like, where are you going? And she's like, oh, I'm leaving. I have a life to live. And just like that, she left. And this was her meeting. This was her product collection. And again, the ego on this person was just astounding. But this is another example of narcissism. She did not... She, she was a horrible employee because her ego and her entitlement was so huge. A good employee would have been preparing for that meeting because they're in charge of that collection. They're in charge of that product category. That's what a good employee would be doing at that point in time instead of leaving because they have a life to live. Well, let me tell you something. People with that type of behavior, they don't last very long in corporations. I have a life to live. We all have a life to live. You know, what makes you special? You know, what makes, what makes you think that I'm supposed to stay and run your meeting? But it's this superiority entitles them to special privileges that others just don't deserve. 
Their needs and wants and opinions and feelings count, while those of others don't, or only to a lesser degree. So, you know, these types of nar- these narcissists have fantasies that are grandiose. They see themselves as just grand, and that's what, how they fantasize. They're bigger and better than everyone else. And some people that become so mentally ill with narcissism, they honestly believe that they're, they're as big as God. And this particular company that I was working for, they used to tell us, this is the owner, this is the founder, CEO, not CEO, but the founder of the company. She used to tell us that her, the business that she was, that she started was popular and bigger, more, more popular and bigger than Jesus Christ. That's the type of ego that I'm, that I'm just describing these grandiose fantasies. She thought that her company was bigger than Jesus Christ. She had more popularity than Jesus. And when she used to say this, I used to feel just sick, like in my stomach. Because it just felt so gross. And I felt like this is what I signed up for. This is who I was working for. But it also felt disturbing. Like there's something wrong with this person. There's something wrong with these two women. And at the time, in the moment, I didn't understand what was actually happening. And it took me a long time studying narcissistic personality disorder that I learned that that's what was happening with these two women. You know, their, their greatness, the, they're the most attractive, they're the most talented, they're the most powerful, they're the smartest, they're the wealthiest, they're the strongest. You know, they're entitled to everything. They're bigger than God himself or herself, depending on what you believe. And, you know, our self-esteem reflects how we think about ourselves. And so when you have a narcissist with just obnoxious, I'm going to call it obnoxious, self-esteem, they honestly think that they're bigger than God or they're, they are God. There's a popular case study. This is many, many years ago. And they, they turned it into a movie not too long ago, and it's called The Three Christs of Ypsilanti. And The Three Christs of Ypsilanti is this case study about three schizophrenic men in Ypsilanti, Michigan. It's a true story. Each of these three men believed that they were Jesus Christ. They were schizophrenic. They honestly believed it. So the psychiatrist decided to do this study and put all three men in a room together and over the course of like many, many months to, to see what would happen. You know, and one, one of the, the, the men would, was like, how can you be Jesus Christ when I'm Jesus Christ? And so it's like the struggle because they all thought that they were just grand and bigger than the other person. 
It's really interesting study, but that's what happens when you have a very extreme case of a narcissist. They keep going up and up and up the social ranks until they become bigger than God. And this, this high self-esteem that you think that this person has, like my coworker that took over the private office, you know, you think that they have this high self-esteem of a grandiose narcissist, but what it actually is, it's, it's a facade for an underlying high level of shame. Let me say that again. This high self-esteem of a grandiose narcissist is actually a facade for underlying shame that they're trying to hide and mask. And it's a severe insecurity that these people have. So when you see these people like the owner of the company or the woman that took over these. Now I understand with both of these women, their grandiose, extreme self-esteem, and they thought that they were better than everyone, and they're bigger and more popular than God, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, they have a severe underlying shame, And I think that's really interesting. And people usually think of high self-esteem as optimal. However, esteem relies on other, others' opinions, not self-esteem. Let me say that again because that's a little confusing. People usually think of high self-esteem as optimal. However, esteem that relies on others' opinion is not self-esteem, but other esteem. And that's what a narcissist does. They rely on the approval of other people. So that's, you know, it's other esteem. It's relying on other people to approve us versus Self-esteem is really approving of ourself and loving ourself. If you really have high self-esteem and you really truly believe in yourself and you are okay with yourself, you don't need a private office. You don't need to say we're more popular than God. You don't even need to wear expensive clothes. You can wear cheap clothes and, and just be comfortable with who you are. But the problem in society is the narcissist relies on other people to support their self-esteem. And impaired self-esteem leads to defensiveness, professional problems, aggression, And that's what I saw with these women that I worked with. This arrogance, aggression, just, they're like 
babies. A healthy self-esteem is stable. It's a stable psyche. It's a stable mind. You don't need to worry about hierarchy and ranking and who's doing better than you if you have a, if you have a high self-esteem. And you're not so reactive to the environment. You're you're more like you're more chill. You're like, "Okay, that's cool." I'm not saying you're a hippie. That sounded a little hippie-ish, right? And I love hippies, don't get me wrong. But a healthy self-esteem is not so triggered. A healthy self-esteem is not hierarchic. I can't say this word. It's not based on hierarchy and not based on feeling superior to others. And it's not associated with aggression and problems, but it's the reverse. High self-esteem, you don't care about ranking. You're not aggressive. And you have very few relationship conflicts. Because you're able to compromise and you're able to get along. Versus just King Kong in your way through. Like my coworker that just up and moved her entire office to a private office because she felt she was entitled to it. That's not compromise and getting along. That's entitlement. That's privilege that you have not earned. You know, you can't get pissed off working for a company if you don't get a raise and you don't get a promotion if you don't do the work. You have to do the work. You're not going to get a private office just handed to you. And that's the other thing. Narcissists, they brag, they exaggerate about their great greatness and their self-esteem. And that it's a disguise to hide their feelings of inferiority. You know, their, their shame and their insecurity. So it's, you know, they talk about a mask with narcissism. That's what that is. It's a mask. You don't need to brag or exaggerate if you're really doing great. An insecure person does that. You know, narcissists are extremely sensitive to threats to their image. They struggle to regulate their self-image. And they're constantly scanning other people and their surroundings to assess and alleviate the environment. And they select people and situations that will raise their self-esteem. It's all about status. They perpetually evaluate and influence the attention and praise they're receiving. 
So if you stop praising a narcissist, guaranteed, they will cut you off and they'll move on to someone else that will feed them, feed their ego. So if you want to get a narcissist out of your life, you want to get rid of them, you just don't give them attention. Don't feed their ego. It's very simple. Narcissists are notorious for using charm and their own wit and their talent and their conversation, their conversational skills. And they embellish and they lie to manage their own impression, how they present themselves. Because it boosts their image and it raises their status with other people. They're almost like actors in a way. And it's all about dominance. And they're excellent manipulators. They're almost like con artists. And they use tactics to to gain power and I've already talked about this in other podcasts but you know they it turns in over time it turns into narcissistic abuse which is lying belittling gaslighting criticizing attacking and they put down others to eva- to eat elevate themselves it's a head trip I mean when you have employees that are narcissists they are very difficult to manage and this is one thing that I I highly recommend that everyone educates themselves in narcissism because you will avoid a lot of headaches in terms of just relationships. You will avoid a lot of headaches with friends that you meet. You will avoid a lot of headaches with just employment that, you know, if you interview for a job and you learn that the person that you're going to be reporting to is a narcissist, you might want to really think seriously about if you want this job. It might be a great company. But if you're working for a narcissist, that narcissist can really make your life hell. If you marry a narcissist, they can make your life hell. If you're friends with a narcissist, they can make your life hell. It's pathology. And narcissists are not, are not in your life to help you. They're not there to love you. They're not there for, to support you. You're there for narcissistic supply for them. So you don't get much in return from a narcissist or a narcissistic relationship. You are an object to be used 
and abused and discarded. That's it. And if you have narcissistic employees, you need to think twice about keeping them because the longer you keep them, the more difficult it's going to become. 